Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to another iHeartGeek episode. This is part two of the Sandman. This is called the Deep Character Study. We're not going to hit everything in Sandman, but we're going to hit a lot of what we get in the TV series. Um, again, we're going to be saying a lot of things that we don't like about things. It's not political. It's because we don't like things for whatever reason. Shut up. Um, love y'all. <laughs> we love the series. Um, if you haven't watched, listened to um, episode one of The Sandman, go back and listen to that first because I don't think we're going to make any sense of we're just going through characters here. I'm you done. never make sense, Sub. It's okay. I am here with my fantastic and beautiful panelists. We have Todd. We have Ryan. We have Skeeter. We have Satomi. It's a party going on. Can you tell it's been a long night? Okay. So what we're doing today, um, I think I've gotten most of the major characters here. There's a couple I know I'm missing, but, um, and we're going to talk about what that character means to us, and did they do good on the show versus the series, and what what would you have changed, and so on and so forth. So let's start with the granddaddy of all, the Sandman himself, Dream, or Morpheus. Um, first thing is, my my biggest issue first off is the makeup. He's not white enough. He needs to, I that. Robert uh, Smith from The Cure, that cake white paint with the with the ultra black uh, oh. <laughs> uh, eyeliner. That's that's. I feel like that was missing. I think the stature was good. Um, the hair was on point. The hair was on. Maybe he could have been a little bit more arrogant. I never got arrogance from Morpheus. What I, I got- always do. Is I, I rarely get overbearing different. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So let's talk about this character and what we like and don't like. Um, this is the most important character in Sandman. Without this one, there is no other. So are we talking about the guy in the show? No. Well, you can throw in that it's anything having to do with Marcus right now. Okay. Um, now I think that you should not be sympathizing with with Dream. There's, there's really? point, I think there's points that you do, but I think that he has set himself so far different from the, he, he's kind of sickened by humanity. You shouldn't be sympathetic for him because he pretty much deserves everything he gets. My own opinion. Oh, wow. People look like they're about to throw I, I, I'm going to disagree with you because, <laughs> well, mainly because if we don't, then why the hell are we watching the rest of this show? Okay. That, that's a fair point. But I, or at I, least, it's kind of like Dexter, where it's like there's we're still kind That's of good way liking of him, yeah. you know. You can like him, but you still gotta know he's a butthole. I I don't think he's a butthole. <laughs> what he does to Neswarta, you're gonna tell me that he's not a butthole? He put her in hell for a thousand years because uh-huh. she didn't want to marry him. <laughs> he's not a good person. <laughs> Ryan was just like. Yeah. <laughs> Up guitar. Oh. Getting laid over here. 
<laughs> no, I mean, you know, he is, he's problematic. Um, he's, he's the anti-hero. He's detached. He has lessons to learn. And we certainly could have had more lessons that he could have, they could have played that up a little bit more. So, I mean, I see your, I, I, I see your point to a point. Yeah, I, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say that hard line. I, yeah. I said it more to make the point of he's not a good he's not good. He's yeah, but he's also not bad. I think that's the point of the eternal morality. Yeah, the man reminds me of a lead singer of any rock and roll band I've ever been associated with. He's good looking, vacuous, utterly me, and needs a lot of lessons on life. There, that he has kind of an infantile policy on life he it's his way he's selfish Dub, he has no concept of mortality yeah well actually don't you think all the all the endless are really childlike no they're not childlike they're childish uh, all of the endless seem uh, except for death well fate isn't and neither is destruction but we don't learn about them till later like way way later De Death was there before anything and will be there to turn the lights out. She's uh, the death died to that, but the rest of them are ultra-powerful kids. That's a good way of looking at it. And they're also the seven distinct aspects of the human psyche. Um, actually, you know what? We're going to hit a few of them individually, but let's talk about who are the Endless real quick. There's seven of them. There is Dream. Destiny, who you don't get to meet in the series yet. Uh, death, Despair, Desire. Um, what's the other two I'm missing? Destruction. Destruction, which you don't meet. Delirium. A delirium. Who that delirium. is got to be. I've, I've got to meet Delirium in a TV series because, oh my gosh, I love this character. So. They better do it right or else it's going to suck. Yeah. But we'll, I'd say we'll get into some of these characters later. But so what they are is basically the, the I think Neil Gaiman set them up as they are the building blocks of humanity. Without them, They're humanity doesn't exist. The human psyche. Yeah. It's essentially a really effed up version of in, Disney's Inside Out. Pretty much. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that was a show. Thank you, Satomi. <laughs> <laughs> he just broke us. Fire for hair. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like Cain and Abel or Bing Bong. We'll get into Cain and Abel. <laughs> really about about yeah. <laughs> Actually, you should bring that up, Satomi. May I dub? Go ahead. Cain and Abel. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, let's just jump onto the Cain and right Abel right now. Two predominant aspects of the human condition fight. And flight. That's all. Now, I... <laughs> I don't know if I like the TV version of them. If they felt... The TV version of them. They were watered down. Because, I mean, Kane feels so much more evil in the, uh, in the books. And Abel just feels like... Neither hey, one of George. them... It's, it's hard. Hey, George. It's hard. One is is submissive and the other is oppressive. That that's yeah. all there is about it. 
no good or evil there. Honestly, One they reminded group. me a little bit of uh, the ants in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the newer, the newer one. Very much so, and they were supposed to represent that. Yeah. Okay. They were George and Lenny. I mean, except for one yeah. died all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know how good of a job I would say that they did with the killing him and bringing him back constantly. I don't know that I bought it on the TV series like I did in the. No, in the book, they just make it, they do such a good job of making him seem, they make Abel seem so like every time, he, every time he dies, he comes back more mentally inept yeah. than he was yeah. before. But it just, it, through that, makes Cain way more evil, like, in, in feeling yeah. like, you know he's, he's not all there now, and you just keep doing it to make it worse. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's an abusive relationship. Is really what exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well. All. I mean, again, they're dealing with the the limitations of television. Is how do you, how do I mean? It's very possible that they have all of that in the can, digitally on the floor somewhere because there just isn't time. Yeah, I, I didn't like the elf ears. To be honest, I don't know why it. they bothered me. You didn't like the what? The elf ears. We noticed them. Oh. I don't. I don't know. It's that. I don't know why that's just something that's like, why? Because they are trying to build from a story that is a. It's a typical parable, dude. They weren't elves. They weren't elves. It was human, and that's something that I. I don't know if that was something that I. I feel is I don't. Little things bother me on this. As I say, Mm -hmm. this is the greatest book ever written. I've got a nitpick. I don't know why the ears bothered me, but they bothered me. This it is I was completely. This is where it took me off the rails as a new guy, as just learning all of this. Like, I mean, the first question I asked Dub, like, where did this come from? But like, this threw me for completely sideways. I'm all, why are Cain and Abel here? What is happening right now? Like, is this biblical all of a sudden? Like, I just don't, I just was like, what, what is going on? Yeah. But that was the difference. I hadn't started the audiobooks yet, but I was watching the show. So I had like, literally, I was gone. But I will yeah. say this, Gregory, when Morpheus took Gregory, that was a lot more heart-wrenching on the TV series than it was in the books. It was yes. way more. Yeah. That was... A dagger to the heart, man. Just a good, lovable character. Ouch. They animated it beautifully. Right. In the book, it was just, you know, part of, like, what had to be done. Yeah. Like, just like, they just kind of brushed it off. It's like, we got, we got, we're going to have to, if you want burgers, we're going to have to cut, kill the cow. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm going in the books. And this, it felt like there's like, you saw their hearts being ripped out. Right. I think they did a fantastic job on that. Plus the fact that Gregory, when he understood what the situation was, went willingly. The pride, yeah. Out. Owie. <laughs> Don't cry, Satomi. <laughs> Brian, I'm just having a memory. Right. The, in, in the in the Yeah, in the in in the audiobook, the way the way they present it is there's more emotion behind the name. Than than yeah. anything about Gregory at all. It's just an argument about the name. Yeah. Okay. I did, however, 
appreciate the fact that in the show, uh, Morpheus kept the egg and gave it to Cain and Abel. Yeah. That was all right. Instead of the, <coughs> the um, yeah, the gift thing never made sense when Cain gave that to Abel. That didn't make any sense to me. This, right. That cleared up something that made it a little better. So I can't completely hate on these characters because they did some good stuff with them. Okay, now let's move on to death. This is the one where people online want to kick me in the head and call me all sorts of names. Okay, here's the deal. Death is the most important character in this. This is the character that I fall in love with. Um, this is the only character that I had issue with the race swap. And it shouldn't have been a white girl either. It should have been a, a Japanese girl. Um, because that's what the look is. Because of how iconic death is, that it, it took me out a lot. I know that people can have their opinions or whatever. It took me completely out because I love this character so much. And I want this, this iconic face to be staring at me. Now, the other issue I have with the show, she was 100% empathy. If you read the books or the audiobooks, she is 30% empathy, 70% joy, delight, and frivolity. You don't have any of that, so it's not like people are happy to take her hand. It's like she understands as she takes their hand. If that makes sense, I, I didn't like how that was played. Is she a beautiful girl that played her? Yes. I don't think that was, that was the, one of those, that's a wrong choice because of how iconic she is. So death in general. Um, yeah, I know we all have thoughts on this one. Let's start with Skeeter. You haven't talked about talked much on. What's your thoughts on so, death? So, death in the show. I think how she was like for all of who she took was like one of those things where it was a walk. You know, it was no. I need to say goodbye. It's not that time yet. No, no, no. Well, it's. I'm sorry. You got to go. You know, we have to go. Let's go. Yeah. And took their hand. Audio the book. Cat Cat Deming. Cat Dennings, yeah. Cat Denning. Her voice made that character. It made me want to go with her. Yeah. Everything you just said. Everything you just said. And I just it was like, wow, I could totally go with this person. Like, I'm just gonna take her hand because she was just so well spoken. She played the role perfectly in both both the show and the book. I loved it. Tell me. So for me, she could have been she could have been any color. However, I think what everybody what you guys are hitting on so far is it's the energy. Yeah. And it's true that her her energy was very peaceful. We're coming here and it it was missing that spark, that fun that sort of you know she's, yeah 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 um i would have you know even if they had even if they had gone with with this gal um and i'm so sorry i, I want to look up her name because i want to be respectful of uh, of my fellow actresses and i'm blanking on her on her name and why isn't it in my imdb right away can anybody help me out Working on it. We're all looking right now. Okay, so bring it up for me, because um, she should be right at the front, and um, she's not. Um, 
but even if even in her clothing, they made her very neutral. And um, I, I, I would have liked to have seen her clothing more spunky and funky and punky She's and other to- things that rhyme with unky. Isn't she Kirby, Kirby Howell Baptist? Baptiste? Baptiste? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, How is she not on the first page? Wow. I know, like crazy, right? I was why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, why is she right at the top? Episode. There you go. Oh, she's that's the, probably she's why. She's the top of the one episode actress. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so say her name again, please. Kirby Baptiste. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, and that could have been a, a direct, you know, a direction thing, but um, I, I just think it would have been more fun if she had been tattooed and a little more goth, just in general. You can be any color and be a, be a goth. Um, and death, then, like you said, have that yeah. joy. Death is every girl in the 80s and 90s that listened to Susie Sue and the Banshees and went through that phase. <laughs> They all try to look like death. Yeah. That's the look. Yeah. Heck, I mean, maybe he was married. A man of Palmer who looks just like that. I mean, come on. (laughs) Maybe they were trying to bring it like up, up to, you know, up to date, but instead it just came out neutral, which wasn't as fun. You don't fall in love with the character. You don't fall in love. I think it was important. Now, one other thing before I get to you guys, there's something very interesting that Neil Gaiman puts in, death does not know where you go when you die. She doesn't care. She's just taking you to the to the spot. She doesn't know where you go. She's the boatman on sticks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not heaven She's or hell or reincarnation or anything. And I have respect for Neil Gaiman that he did that. He didn't give us an absolute. You know. Because that, w- that would make this concept of death into actually Hades. You know? Yeah, this would make it. That would make it too much. Like she's bringing you to Dante's Inferno. Yeah, which is like not. She, what this she, is. She's everybody's. She's not everybody's Virgil. Yeah. She's just taking you to the door and letting letting well. Like she takes you to the uh, to the side of the river. Yeah. Yep. Except yeah. for the one guy she took away from the river. <laughs> oh, wah wah. <laughs> Ryan, your thoughts on Jeff, real quick. Uh, so I was fine with the presentation of her. Um, Actually, like, like it's one of those things. Like humanity, you know, we start in Africa, so yeah, I'm, I'm fine with, with with death being a black woman. Um, I would have preferred her presentation to have like more of like an African accent, mm-hmm. um, if it's going to go that route. Um, I, I do, I, I do like the way she's portrayed in the book. The audio book being Cat Denning is just brilliant. It, it's it's the best casting in there and all the castings are really well done. Her voice just does something where everything she's saying is empathy, but it comes off with joy. So I think that's where it's like, it misses out because her, her voice in the show, she doesn't have that joy behind it. She has that, that calmness and that it's the calmness that you'd accept. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I think it's the, the way I would put it. It's like, in the show, it's almost the way you want death to be speaking to you. Um, where she's like, she's empathizing that, like, yeah, you don't want to be in this situation, but we got somewhere to go. 
So like I'm I'm okay with it. I, I I can look past something like that that didn't really bother me. I, like for me, that's my favorite episode of the show. Um, she's she's so fantastic. Really, like, like, I'm okay with it. it. It just bothered me because I love this character so much, and I put so much thought into this character. Yeah, they really they really change the characters, and I think one of the things that we'll that get into a few more okay. of those as we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one thing that leaves me okay with that is like. Neil Gaiman was like actually involved with this. It was not just changing it for the sake of changing it. This is still Neil Gaiman's baby, and any of those changes are, are changes that he visualized for his own story. Which is so why they, I'm they are forgiving for the changes. Though. You have to be forgiving of that. It's not. It's not like just just changing it for the sake of changing it because it's the 21st century. It was. Like and this is where like we don't usually forgive George Lucas, but maybe on certain things it it would be fine. Um, it, it's it's still his story, and you have to let him tell it the way he wants to tell it in that moment. Yeah, Todd, Death, go. Funny enough, and none of you hit on this. Death is the most human of the. Eternals. Because uh, she ends with everybody. She's uh, never alone. That's why of, she's human. Of course. She has more contact with human beings than any of them, and it has humanized her to an amazing effect. And uh, remarking on something you just previously said, I would see that, that she is about 40% empathetic, 30% resolute, and then, what's that, at least 30%? 20. Yeah, 20. Yeah, whatever. Whatever percentage is left over is without... <laughs> Uh, unavoidable. Uh, you, you can argue all you want, and she's still going to take you where you need to be. Yeah. Uh, that's that's her job. But she's so hard to argue with because she's just so normal and human and logical. Yeah. So, um, besides the fact that the books portrayed her as looking like your twenty-year-old neighbor who on a one to 10 scale of cuteness is about a 17. <laughs> and they, they turned her into a late 20s something black woman. Oh, okay. I thought the actress that, that played death in the TV show actually pulled it off pretty well. Uh, she has the right amount of humanity to her to play it and the right sense of humor as well, because death is almost always smiling whether it's at an internal joke or something that's funny externally, she's a happy camper and she loves her job. <laughs> now that smile that I think that's what we're, what I was missing. Cause we didn't, I feel like we didn't get enough of that smile. The smile was more pained. Like it's going to be okay. Then hi, we're going on an adventure. You know, but it's also a very knowing smile. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to both of your points, um, you know, death is the most human, but the level of serenity that she had kind of made her a little above and it separated her a little bit where I, where I think that the more kind of, Hey, how's it going? Okay, cool. Let's, you know, the, <laughs> Hey, the, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's do thing. Come on. Cha-cha there. Um, <laughs> is, is, is what, is what would have been not, I'm not saying that she, I mean, I'm not saying she was bad. No, um, no she was lovely. She um, but I think it would have made her more, it would have made her even more human because the serenity yeah. kept her a little, kept just a little bit more distance by staying that 
to have by having a little more of that serenity versus in getting in the weeds. So and the diamond made sure to make it very clear that especially when dealing with death, there is no moral compass. Death is not good. Death is not evil. Death just is. Right. Pure neutral. I mean, that's that's a great representation in my personal view of what death should be. Okay, let's move on. Otherwise, we're going to be here all night. Um, the next one I want to hit is the twins. We're going to hit, there's desire and despair. We're going to hit desire first. Um, now, my biggest problem with the character is not the actor's fault. It's not even the screen's fault. It's because when I read uh, Sandman, I hear a male voice, a female voice stacked on each other, saying the exact same thing. You hear a high timber and a low timber all at the same time. They didn't give me that. How dare they not know what's going on in my head? But that was my <laughs> biggest problem. I think I hope we get a second season because we need to see where this character can go. This is a fascinating, evil character. This is the bad guy that's not a bad guy at all. They're just, he's just selfish and he's can all we humanity. Person at all? Huh? Can we <laughs> at all? Because it's really not clear what gender desire is or if he or she is both or neither. It's kind of a neither thing as far as when I always read the books. Except for the fact that Desire happens to be the father of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel. You didn't know that, right? The, the the little black girl? No. Well. In the show, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Never mind. We'll go, I'll go on that conversation later. Sorry. Grand, <laughs> grandfather. Anyway. Okay. So, um, Satomi, so I know you have a personal connection with, with this character. Tell, tell, what do you think about oh. Desire? <laughs> I, you know, I, I actually really, I enjoyed the character. We didn't get to see very much of them um, during this season, which I really wanted to see a lot more. Desire to me has always been both male and female, um, and you know, I think I think they they portrayed that character exactly how it needed to be portrayed it would it would have been lovely to hear a little bit more of the higher timbre of their own voice yeah. um but that's a direct that's a that's a direction thing you know um but i thought they were stunningly beautiful um right. and what a wonderful face that mason has um yeah, you know huh. yeah beautifully so where it's just it's uh they're they're just a thing of beauty period can i say can i say this that actor should have been lucifer more than lucifer is okay we'll get to lucifer later that's a good point i disagree but anyhow we'll get back to that one okay <laughs> skeeter um beauty absolutely like even down to the layer i guess the 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 almost a art museum esque type of place that they were that they were in, um, and the way that they were introduced was phenomenal. Like, ah uh -huh, brother, I've got you. Like, wow, you know. And that and Satomi, you said it perfect. We only got this much, you know. When 
There's so much more depth to this character. You can tell. Read the books. What is their role? What? How are they going to affect brother? Because that's how they continued to, uh, you know, speak about him, which I thought was super cool, you know, as the conversation was going on. And then, you know, it just, it wasn't confusing at all to me. I picked it up. I understood it. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Desire. Like, what do you, like, what do you desire? Where are all of these things going from and, or coming from, what do you want the most? And that was kind of a perfect picture, you know, in one person. So I loved it. Very cool. Ryan? You guys all pretty much hit the nail on the head with it. I think it was, it was a perfect representation of the show. Um, and just not enough of it. Okay. So let's, let's hit this next character. Um, phenomenal in the books. Makes me physically angry on the series. And that is despair. There's a reason for that. Despair is grotesque. She is without hope. She is, wakes up every day and does not want to live that day. That is despair. What they gave us was a high school girl that lists, that's read too much uh, Sylvia Plath and cuts herself and eats too much. But there is hope for this girl. I did not, I had a very big problem with how they displayed this grotesque being as just kind of a normal girl, greasy hair. There's hope for this girl. There's no hope for despair. That was that was just, a horrific call in my in just my on a makeup angle. They could have done so much better to display her as without hope, and, and it's like somebody in the the makeup and uh, outfitting department just said, ah, "Just put her out here. What the hell?" Oh, sorry. Another guitar. <laughs> I'm gonna start keeping score. Okay, Ryan, let's hear. Let's hear your thoughts. You took all yours last time. Yeah, it was just it was uh, it was disappointing. It was just a letdown. Like it, despair should be someone with tattered clothes and mascara running, and like they just like put out like somebody with like overdone caked on makeup. Britney Spears when she's and like whining on a couch. <laughs> Just wow. sitting there complaining and just being a nuisance. Like it was just like, eh. You're you're more uh, like a whining teenager than you are despair. It, it, despair, it was, despair is not supposed to be ironic, but you just see. Yeah, this was a huge mistake to me from the. Greeks. It, it, it's like it's like if you ask somebody who, who's never gone through depression, what do you think despair that, actually looks good. like? And it's it's like, oh, just somebody who got the wrong coffee at Starbucks is now in despair. <laughs> it's not even close. Hey, hey, I have a hard time with my order. <laughs> you never get the color right. Your half cat double 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 decaf green with blue. And you should see the priest's face when I go in and ask for a black coffee. We don't do that here. Yeah, tears of relief. So, Toby, what's your thoughts on on despair? And you don't have just pick on the tv show but i think that, that um well i mean I, i'm i'm on board with you guys but what's what's so funny is i didn't 
like the character in this show and I couldn't figure out why. And you guys just hit it on the head. It wasn't despair. It was, it was almost the level of pet peeve. Um, and there, there, there was, yeah, she had too much hope. There wasn't the hopelessness, you know, I, I actually back to inside out would have rather have had sadness in yeah. that role. And I think it would have been more appropriate because there's a, there's a tone, there's a, there's an aural tone to that, to actual despair. Yeah. When you've truly given up and well, in the, she still had fight in her. Yeah. In, in the book with the director. Uh-huh. In the book, the, sorry. Yeah. In the book, you have the element, like the elemental woman. She has like way more despair than this lady has. Yeah. Oh, she God. literally does not want to exist. Yeah. And, and yeah. They, they didn't even like put her in the show. They skipped over that, that even happening. Yeah. I, if we get second season, I don't think we're going to see anything with her because they screwed up <laughs> big time. Mm-hmm. Skeeter, any thoughts on this one before we move on? I just, you guys hit it every part of it. Just, they could have done it so much, so much different, so much better. I mean, you know, the, it kind of takes me to Labyrinth, the whole show did. What about like the, the trash lady from Labyrinth? You know, think about that. You know, that would have been despair, like carrying your whole world on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. When you like, read the books, you'll see a picture of despair and you're like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's unmistakable. Okay, let's yeah. move on to the Constantines. Big issue. Um I'm not a big Jenna Coleman fan to begin with, but being that they put her as John Constantine in the present, why did they use her in the past as Joanna Constantine again? It was confusing. And use Matt Ryan, he's the best Constantine we've ever had. Let us have that. Shut up. There's no better. Um, Because he's perfect for that role. He is that role to me. Um, Anyway, sorry. And I know they, I I think it had something to do with owning the rights or something. I don't know what was going on on that. Because they owned the the Joanna, but they didn't own John, apparently. Um, One of those, it just didn't make me as angry as the despair, but (coughs) because it's such an interesting character in the books. And I, I think Jen, Jenna uh, isn't my favorite actress. I don't like just the stuff. Go ahead, Todd. I don't understand why the gender changed it at all. That's all I got. Yeah, I got. I got no problem with the acting job out of the story that the female actor did as Joanna. I have no problem with her acting job on it. I do not understand why they gender switched. That's all I got. So I think the gender the gender switch is a non-issue for me, honestly. Um, you know, they John Constantine is is an interesting character with a long history, and there's no reason that it could be male, female, gay, straight, you know, whatever, whatever. I do agree with you that casting her as her own ancestor, especially when we have characters like um, Hob, is it Hobgoblin or yeah. Hobgoblin? Hobgoblin. Um, say yeah. it again. Hob- Gadlin. Gadling. Thank you, Hobgoblin. 
So when we have characters like that who are living a hundred years, it can get very confusing. Um, but other than that, I mean, it didn't bother me. I'm, I'm not like a massive Jenna Coleman fan, but I'm a Doctor Who fan. So therefore, you know, I, I have a fondness for her. And yeah. uh, I, th- I thought she did a lovely job. Yeah. yeah. I just don't understand why they did it. If they didn't have her, if they could have cut the uh, cut her older scene, it wouldn't have bothered me. But as I say, that it again, that's one of those it takes you out. And or have I, her as one or the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to say on the costume thing before we move on? I didn't understand it. It kind of caught me off guard that first episode, and then I was okay with it afterwards. Like once I. Once I got over the emotion of like, well, I, I like John Constantine a lot oh, my work, and I have him back. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, I was I was pretty okay with it. I, I did not like the ancestor thing. Um, I hate when any show just portrays the same actor or actress as the ancestor. I think it's cheap and it's lazy. Yeah. I, it, it doesn't come off right. Um, I don't especially like when they had other, other individuals doing versions of ancestors in the show. Well, it, it takes you away. It takes away from Matt Hattie, who does get to live forever. Mm-hmm. But, so, is she living forever? Is this the thing? Right? Is she timeless now too? It's not fair. It's not fair to these other right. characters. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to I think a sick, sick stroke of genius: the Corinthian, um, scariest thing ever. That's like the ultimate skateboard design with the teeth for the eyes. And he brought something to this role that was not in the books. Fantastic. Top to bottom. I have just a nightmare with its own ideas. And that, wow. Wow. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, Ryan, let's start with you on. Yeah, and so it, he ages like a fine wine throughout the show. You're just like, oh, he's just—he just seems like yeah. the bad guy. He's he, for the first couple episodes, he just seems like the bad guy who's at the right place at the wrong time to create bad things to happen. And then we get to the serial killer episode, and he takes that serial killer episode to a whole other level. It's so much better in the show and in the book. Just in terms of the the way it was presented, it felt very like a little disjointed listening to it and then trying to piece it all together. And he's just this this evil that's tying it all together. And <laughs> I, I I love that character by the end of the show. I love that he was not doing anything he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> that was that is what he's created to do, and I think that's amazing. Uh, Satomi, what's your thoughts on the Corinthian? I loved him. Um, I know some, I know, uh, I, I have some people who were like, I sort of pictured him with a, with more of a British accent, really? you know, instead of the Southern, I'm not, this is not me. This is other yeah. people, oh, no, but you no, know, no, everybody no. has a way that they hear yeah. characters uh, in a book. And for me, he just made my skin crawl. Boyd Holbrook, he did a wonderful job. Mm. There was that really understated, he didn't have to do much and he was creep as F. And, you know, when you finally see his eyes for the first time, 
<laughs> run! Whoa. Just fun. So fun. So fun. What was that, Todd? Uh, the first time you see his teeth in his eyes, it's like, holy! And, you know, yeah. Uh, damn good call, Satomi. Uh, uh, Boyd Holbrook. That boy's about as smooth as a gravy sandwich. Uh, <laughs> he brought a level of slick to the Corinthian that was not in the books. In the books, he was just horrifying because of his amoral attitude towards killing. He just really enjoyed it. Uh, in this, he was purposeful, logical, linear. Yes, he liked killing, and he did it whenever and whenever. But he also had a methodology, and there was a, a whole method to his madness. Yeah. He was slick. Now, Skeeter, I want to ask you this. Since you didn't have any idea of the Corinthian before you watched the show, what was that first thing? What was that first I honestly was like, who the heck is this dude? Like, I he like I was terrified of him, but I was like, okay, I'm ready for more. Like, what is happening? Because you see so many different things. His collector, his collection, you know, and then when I first saw his mouth eyes, I was like, and I immediately went to, you know, went to Marco Polo was like, help. Because like, I was like, what is this dude? Like, WTF. I was like, why? What? I don't want. Uh. But like, is he a brother? Is he something? And everybody's like, no, he's a nightmare. And I was like, yes, he is. Absolutely. And? So well, who is he? <laughs> he's a nightmare. Right, and? So, but, yeah. <laughs> But like the way, like even at this the serial convention, um, the way he was just brought in as this like huge guy, everybody was a fan. Like, wait, how do all these people know the Corinthian? Like, and that's still like so many things. But that's why I love this character because there were so many questions, and then he just got. Dusted. Now, this let, let's just that for a second, just because I think it because it goes with it is the serial convention. How brilliant is that? Oh my gosh! How has that not? How has no one stolen that in the thirty years since this book has been made? There's mm -hmm. never been a hint of something like that, and that is beyond brilliant. Uh, yeah, I was I, lost. I think there hasn't been that convention here. <laughs> Dude, we do live in you guys are in that place. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Like old strip convention, too. He probably guarded the damn thing. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> but that's And that's where I was like, wait a minute. This is a serial convention, dude. Like, are we in a dream right now? Because, wait, no. Like, there's a convention of people... That literally one person can skin a man in under a minute perfectly. The other one can debone him without even thinking about it. Like, is yeah. this a real thing? <laughs> I, that was so the awesome. Panels, the panels uh, with the religious killing. I don't like to use religion. Oh, I always use religion. Like, 
wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, that, that is just a level of brilliance that can't really be explained until you experience it. And this one, they got it right in the audiobook. It's right in the, in the uh, books themselves. I loved it in the show TV. so much. It's just oh, yeah. Like, they, they, there's a, the, the opening scene when, when, uh, when Rose and Jed show up. And it's like panning, like like two stories high, just panning out. And there's a banner, and it like it drops like this twangy country music to it. I was like, oh, this feels like straight out of a, a horror movie. I love it, and it was <laughs> like it set the tone so well. But the ending to it, when they mm-hmm. all realize oh, they were evil, it, it's like it carries throughout. It's, I loved the music for it. Like they just they, there wasn't really the music for it in the audiobook. Like yes, it, it it's well put together with with sound effects. They don't really hit it off with anything, and it's just like in the show, it's just like a big takeoff event. There's then, something about seeing a tag, a "Hello, my name is," you know, <laughs> or like oh, the yeah. I can't remember if it was lanyards or whatever, but just all those things that go with. A yeah. convention that's something so it, mundane. It was and the side table for me. <laughs> in that I found it very reminiscent of the like late 80s Stephen King's movies. Yeah. How they Yeah. Just get that big that small shot of the ta- the the uh the faraway shot of the town or something. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move let's move on. Um and this one is another thing they did right on the TV show. Um, and that's Rose Walker. Now, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll hear me say all the time, I don't, I want them to have the best person to play. Ray Swafter or not, this is the perfect person to play Rose Walker. She got the part. She was Rose Walker to me. Now, when I go back and I, I read the books, I'm going to see her face instead of who I, I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Of. It's just the, uh, what the, I'm trying to think of the words, uh, the uh, just openness and the bravery at the same the time. Just the essence the, of her, yeah. yeah. Just, I thought she was really good. Now, I wish they would have given her a little bit more color on the on her tips of her hair. That's just a preference thing. That's just me. Um, what do you guys think of how? However, and we're going to talk about it at the same time as her brother, who is a completely forgettable character in this show. He goes through some crap, and you completely forget about him within two minutes. I don't even remember his name at the moment. I feel bad. Um, Jed, young, young, Bennett, Jed, Jed Walker. Right. What's funny is I had a I had the opposite uh, really? experience. Okay. Um, I mean, not not particularly strongly, but Rose had to grow on me. She really had to grow on me when she first came out. I was like, mm. and it had nothing to do with the with uh, you know colorblind casting. It was just like, okay, I just I just wasn't quite buying her. I wasn't quite on board. And with her brother, as soon as I saw him in his dreams being a superhero, I was like, yeah, Dad. That's so <laughs> like, weird. Opposite reaction. Isn't that funny? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, I've read the books. I know she's supposed to be a blonde white girl. It didn't really matter to me in this this event because the young lady we had on the show killed it. 
flat out killed it. She had the strength of character to pull it off. Yeah. And I, I think that her acceptance of being the Vortex was a really well done. Because the Vortex also, thing, that's the deep. of her fate because she was the Vortex, very well played. Love the house. Good acting choices. I love where she moved to. The boarding house. The, the boarding <laughs> house. Super cool. Um, the the person that played the drag queen, very close to mine and Dub's heart. Um, One of the characters in uh, Book of Love. Book of Love. And uh, just an amazing one of one of the one of the good ones. Um, I loved. That's where we meet. Uh, the sisters? Um, Todd, you said it earlier. Um, Fiddler's Green. Green. Oh, uh, Green. Yeah. Fiddler's Green. Yeah. Fiddler's Green. I loved his character with her. Everything that went on, the travel together. So just, fatherly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she was strong. Like, she was a strong character. There were some parts where I got kind of lost, um, you know, with the dream sequences with uh, one of the other people there that was helping her, but I I really enjoyed her character being just a strong like I'm going to find my brother and you're not going to stop me. Yeah, like that's what I'm going to do, and I that was really cool about her. Yeah, the fact that she was willing to stand nose to nose with Sandman and and talk him down kind of impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. She pulled- and I bought her when she when she played it. That's why I like this character so much. Yeah, I yeah. bought it and- totally. Like like I said, by that point she had won me over. Yeah. But I was not I was not on board it's at okay, the beginning. Me, you were just wrong. It's no big deal. It happens every now and again. I'm See? never wrong. <laughs> I had to say it. Um, now here here's another one that they did completely different from the series, and that was Ethel Cripps. The books, yeah. I like that the way that she's told she's an old lady when she gets to see her son. This uh she has, I don't like, she has the eye of Agamotto, and so she doesn't get old. And it's like, why are we doing this? There's no reason to tell that story. None. It didn't make any sense to me that they told that story that way. It's not that she's a super important character. I mean, she is, but it's, I didn't see the point of changing her so that she's young and sexy, even though she's not, she's 120 or whatever. You're, I think I think you hit something there. Yeah, I think you hit something there because it's there. There's so many other stories that could have been more fully developed. Yeah, and, and I think it's because they wanted to introduce the Eye of Agamotto, but honestly, it, we didn't need it. I mean, it, it, that that oh. in the books, it's a passing comment. We just tra- yeah. I traded it. I traded a trinket. That's all it really was. And they're not going to give us this in the proper DC universe, so who cares? The Eye of Agmo, important, it's cool with, you know, the uh, Dr. Fate and all that, but we're not going to get Dr. Fate out of this. Who cares? No, they didn't even touch on the DC tie-in in the whole series. So... Well, they did a little bit with the TV in the in the nightmares, the little kids' nightmares, or dreams. Yeah, but I mean, it's but, so it like... Wasn't, yeah. They definitely so didn't want to... Specific. I think it's because it went on Netflix instead of Warner Brothers. Okay. Because Warner Brothers owns all the DC stuff. That's just a guess. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so that we're not here for four hours, which... You're would, popping down, dude. Yeah, awesome. We're, we're cutting down. 
Okay, so let's hit. Let's hit over. I think this is an important one. Lucifer. Lucifer yeah. is David Bowie and nothing else, and stop doing anything else. Um, he, he can either be uh, Tom Wellington or Ellington, whatever his name is, to play Lucifer, who is fantastic, or it could be David Bowie. We don't have David Bowie. I'm just saying, if you would have taken, um, what's her name? I know she's the, the uh, Brian from uh, Game of Thrones. They've made oh, Brian. Brian. Yeah, she. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie, yeah. They've made her look a lot more neither male nor female. If this, the rosy cheeks and all that, it bothered me. I'm like, she's not a feminine actress. Stop. And you can use her hair looked like it got caught in a cotton candy machine. Yeah. (laughs) It looked looked ridiculous. It was a weird choice. (laughs) So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm 100% going to disagree with you on this. By the way. Not that David Bowie would not have been fantastic. (laughs) However, she was almost a perfect, because I, when I first saw her, I was like, "Mm." and then as it, as it continued, and especially as the wings came out, she's almost a perfect representation of classical paintings of, lucifer of that that and the whole idea of lucifer is the fallen angel that angelic face and with the curls i mean straight out of like renaissance art say that again very cherubic with the curly hair and the soft features it was the rosy cheeks i think that took me out but that is exactly what what i was I was looking at it and I was like, it looks like they were making her to look like Desire and then forgot halfway through that they already had Desire and then like stopped. <laughs> it, it looked, she looked like a crappy version of Desire is the way that it looked Which like. is funny okay. what I said earlier, yeah. Guys, remember in a strictly biblical point of view, uh, angels have no, no gender. They are right. pure spirit. Have you ever seen a picture of a female angel? Sometimes, yeah. Ish. Modern. Yeah, modern, but not classical. Uh, Lucifer is supposed to be the first and most beautiful and smartest of the angels who was cast out for having thoughts counter to God's wishes. Okay. I thought she was a perfect representation. She was bigger than Dream. That's for darn sure. Oh yeah, she Which actually that that's actually a good point on that because he did need she need needed to be big. in in all understanding of classical literature. Lucifer can be as large or small as Lucifer wants to be. Mm-hmm. You know, ten feet tall can be two feet tall. It, it's all a matter of Lucifer. Uh, speaking of him, him or her as a he or she is ridiculous because it does not exist. Thank you. I'm just going to, you know, for, for our listeners, I'm popping up some classical representations of Lucifer just to give this idea of just how androgynous, very, very soft features, very 
you know, flowy hair. The curls, I'll, I'll, I'm trying to find the, the paintings with the curls, but those it's kind of do Michael exist. Feel. I don't and, understand what yeah, they do exist. I, I, I get your and point. Pretty. Is, there's, a, there's a look, just because I say, I, because I've read the books for so many years, there's a look that I wanted that I didn't get. And Can I, right. like, so, so books, audio style, we had Beelzebub, Azazel, and Lucifer in the same room at the same time. When Dream shows up, yeah, for They're the fight, the fight is freaking phenomenal. I loved it. I loved that hope, like, was the winning deciding factor. But I will say, I would have loved to see Tom Ellis. I love Lucifer Morningstar. I love the show. It's freaking phenomenal. But I want to see like Tim Curry, Legend. Freaking super <laughs> demon! I, like I get that, but that is not part of the mythology. <laughs> you don't have that because it, it's always very humanoid. Oh yeah, no, that, and that's what we got. But I mean, it was very that the all of the the cinematography, all of the work done right there, all of the 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 digital work, beautiful, like very well played. I thought and they made her perfect. Great cast as it. So okay, that this was going to split the split the split the panel. Okay, let's jump over. We got like two more that I really want to hit. Um, Lucian, or is in the TV show Lucian. Um, now again, don't care about the gender swap. Don't care about the race swap. I have a problem with the look that she gives constantly. Whenever she's like she's finished talking and she's waiting for a response. In high school, you got that one talented actor. That when they're doing improv, they'll like stop and they'll give that look while they let the action happen. I okay. it, that look bothered me so much. It's like I think Satomi knows exactly what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say that I love her. Really? That, yes, Viviana, it was that, uh, that look took I, me out so much. And she did it I times. love that look because the look to me was more like mom look. Exasperation. Yeah, yeah. It was like, really? That's what you're gonna wear to work? That's what you're gonna. That's what you're gonna wear to school? Okay, go ahead. So for me, I I heard this like under. I heard her little, the yeah. little voice in her head that was like, "You are such an idiot, but you're my boss, so go ahead." But the maybe that's because. Tone. Well, yes. Lucy, Lucy, or maybe it's because I'm female and I know how it is to have to hold your tongue. Lucian, oh, oh, what? Lucian is, uh, I mean, the way the character is based in the books is very much um, uh, the butler from Batman. I mean, he's Alfred. He, he's Alfred. I mean, that's who you look at the character. Absolutely. So, and, I, and so I have no issue with them taking liberties because it's a boring character. It does just, he doesn't really do anything. But it's like that for me, that look bothered me. It was just like it's because I saw it in high school a lot with a couple of people that used to do that and they overused it to the point that I don't like that look at all. You have PTSD with that look. I guess. <laughs> Anybody have any more? Maybe because you thought they were thinking those things about you. They were, because I'm perfect. <laughs> yes, you are, Deb. Yes, you are. I thought, I thought that their take on Lucian was unfair to the character. 
Uh, the actress, I thought, did a fine job with what they gave her to represent. But uh, I've always, even in the book, found Lucian to be kind of a butt. Just my take. <laughs> well, you know, if you go back to like a biblical principle, I think that Lucian would be the prodigal son. You know, the, the one that came back and then the one that stayed. And the one that stayed got all upset because, you know, they, they lost all the riches. So, so that's Lucian I'm, stayed. And she's Morpheus. Yeah, and he's mad that, what, I don't get anything special out of that? I can see that as being, yes, Neil Gaiman will put a lot of biblical references in. Lucian has been around for a long, long time. He was the original Raven companion of Morpheus, the first. So he's been around a long time. I can understand the exasperation, but I still, he's kind of an ass because of his attitude. Yeah. Or her now, I guess. Whatever. Okay, let's hit the, the Ravens and then we're done. Um, even though I'm sick of seeing Patton Oswald and everything, he did a great job as Matthew. Yes. I, I'm so done oh with my. him. But, oh my gosh, you played oh. that so well. I'm like, <laughs> I forgive I didn't for like him. I didn't, <laughs> I, I like Patton Oswald. I like Patton Oswald. And I felt like you know the voice Toby? acting Just was. Slabby. Just get it over. Was. <laughs> For me, it was like it was it was it was overacted, and I know when you're voice acting, you've got to put more into it because you're not getting the face, especially when you're talking about you know like like a bird. There's only so much yeah. that this bird can give you, but there were there were parts that just did not ring honest to me and felt really presentational and felt more like, hey, we're gonna do the comedy. You know, comedy that. stylings right here, and it was like that. That Raven, it's it's almost like his Jiminy Cricket, and she he has so much that he can bring to that. And I just, I was really disappointed. And I like Patton Oswalt. I did not enjoy his perform his, well, his voice you know, performance in this. What I think that I like that performance now that I'm thinking about it is mm-hmm. because it made the Ravens. The TV series made the Ravens make so much more sense than the books. It made them so much more important right off the get-go. And I think that's an important thing. Um, yeah, but that's the writing, and that's not the yeah. that's not the performance. Um, hey, Dub, how was the CGI? It was better than She-Hulk. Um, <laughs> that's Ooh. not saying much, because it's Green. bad. Bad, 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 bad. But that's not this episode. That's not this show. Ryan, what'd you think of the Raven real quick? I know you have some thoughts on that real quick. Uh, so I, I, I liked Patton Oswalt as that. I'm actually finding that I prefer Patton Oswalt as a voice actor. Um, so you're wrong. Yeah, I, 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 two on one. Right? No, I, 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 I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Matt Matthew the Raven. Um, just he's just a nice little character to me. Okay, we can't get to any more because we're already over an hour, guys. Now, if we missed any of your favorites, talk talk to us on whichever, wherever you listen to us. Talk to us. We'll talk back about whatever character you want to talk about. I say we all have a passion and a love for the same man series. Uh, go to our Facebook. Um, go to our website, www.iheartgeekshow.com. You tell me we pay an extra for it. Uh, go to the Instagram and all the other fun stuff. Talk to us. We do talk back constantly. That's what we do. Until next time, I'm Dub. I'm here with Todd. We're here with Ryan. We're here with Skeeter. We're here with Satomi. Sorry for having to cut this so short. Love y'all. Keep on geeking out, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace.
You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.